Marion Frichon, a PhD student at the Department of Physics, Chemistry and Biology, started her LIU journey as an Erasmus student. She decided to take the opportunity to stay, and in this episode, she tells us why. This is Work at LIU. My name is Priya. Hi, Marianne, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for inviting me. Um, so we are talking to different international staff at Lynn Shopping University, and we've chosen you as well to talk to. So could you please just start by telling me a little bit about your background and maybe a bit about how you ended up at Lynn Shopping University? Well, it's a kind of long story. Uh, I am coming from France first. Uh, and I did most of my uh, studies there uh, in Toulouse. And I graduated um, from a master's degree in um, bioengineering, applied to health in 2018. And how I ended up at Linköping University because I, it wasn't my first experience in Sweden or in Linköping University before coming here as a PhD student. And I came here as um, first as an Erasmus student. I had this amazing opportunity to come here for a semester. And where I meet uh, a lot of friends and nice teachers. And one of them uh, took me as an intern, uh, intern in 2017 during my master's degree. So I came, her, I came here again in 2017. And then uh, my actual supervisor, I met her during that time. And from a random conversation one day, uh, I saw that she was searching for a PhD student and I applied and here I am. Okay, <laughs> I that's say. nice. Yeah, it's a lot of back and forth, I would say, between France and Sweden during uh, yeah, that time. Yeah, because I was going to ask if you have an experience from Sweden before, and obviously you had, you even had experience from Linköping University. So what was it about the university that you felt, okay, I actually want to stay here? Uh, I really liked the environment in general. The university is quite uh, modern and the equipment are nice. And I, I don't know, I really liked it here. It's a more general feeling. So I guess if I didn't have a first uh, good experience uh, before, I don't know if I would have uh, come here again. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that you had a good experience. <laughs> well, it's important. <laughs> it's important. I met nice people uh, along the way. So that also helped me with this uh, choice to moving here. Yeah. Um, it's a like there is a difference between being an Erasmus student, being here as a student, and then actually moving here to do your PhD. So, did you come across any hardships or struggles when you decided to move here, like on a longer-term basis? Um, yeah, quite a bit actually. Uh, first of all, this queue system that is quite known here in Sweden, or in Linköping, when it's related to uh, accommodation, yeah, I wasn't aware of that, and I had the great luck that the university provided me with an accommodation when I came here as a student. 
And that's how I learned uh, about this queue system on the first place. And so I kept on queuing since uh, 2014. And that's kind of how I could get an accommodation when I was there as a PhD student. But it would have been nice to be aware of this type of system a bit uh, way before, because when you're Swedish, you know this system and you start queuing for like many years ago, uh, many years before you apply actually for university. But when you're an international student or even an employee and you're right here, you don't know the system, you can feel a bit like, okay, will I be homeless when I start or something like that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a struggle. And also everything related to administration. I found it nice uh, in a way that everything is centralized using this personal number. Yeah, the personal number is uh, very, very important. Yeah, but to get it, it takes a bit of time. Um, And yeah, if you don't have it, you can't do anything after that. So if you want to open a bank account or even register for the um, uh, health insurance or everything, even sign your contract if you don't have your personal number, it's a bit tricky. Um, so but this, there's no much you can do about it. How long if, did it take for you to get it? Uh, I got it quite fast, actually. I don't know if it was because I arrived in a more uh, calmer period or is it because... Um, I don't know, I got a bit of luck. I have no idea, but I think maybe three weeks. Oh, yeah, that is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't aware of that until I could find myself on the this uh, Hita.se or something like that. Hita.se, yeah, that's yeah. A, for those listening who don't know what it is. It's a website where you find people's addresses and things. Yeah, and I was just randomly checking uh if I was actually searchable and I wanted to not be searchable anymore. And that's how I realized that I had a personal number because yeah. otherwise they wouldn't have told me until maybe I actually asked for it. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it went quite, so the accommodation and the personal number were the like big struggles. Yeah. Um, I would say. Now, before you, you moved here, you lived in France. Exactly. So what would you say are the main differences between Sweden and France? Hmm. Maybe a more cultural aspect, I would say. Mm-hmm. As I'm coming from south of France, and so very close to Spain. And I don't know if it's a difference between south of Europe culture and north of Europe culture. With uh, and with in the later, people are more uh, not introvert because it wouldn't be very incorrect, but uh, not. Yeah, it's kind of hard to put a term on that. The thing is, I understand what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Now that it's very easy, as uh, let's say I'm quite extrovert and I will go quite easily to uh, meet people and have friends and so on. When in here, people are a bit more like, oh, hold on. Yeah, they're a bit more cautious. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. But once you're in the circle and you are uh, actually talk to them and so on, it's like uh, you don't see these differences anymore. But at first, for someone that is uh, yeah, 
coming from a very south of Europe culture, I would say I'm thinking about uh, Spanish people or Italian people that maybe are sharing the same uh, aspects of like very being very wel welcoming and warm and so yeah. on. It might be a bit like, wait, did I do something wrong? Uh, yeah, and this... and it's not that Swedes are are unfriendly. Yeah, not at it's, all. It just takes for we might not be as open. Exactly. Uh, like, other, like in other nationalities? It might take more time for uh, Swedes to actually trust people or being like ch uh, really chill around them. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you, you um, yeah, just like you said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say, yes. So was there, obviously you, you, was here, you were here as a student before. Mm -hmm. uh, and even then, was there anything you you thought you knew about Sweden and the Swedes that happened to be completely wrong. I mean, we all have uh, views of how maybe Swedes are, how French people are, how Indians are, how Germans are, all of that. Did you think something about Sweden and the Swedes and that happened to be completely wrong? <laughs> we had this uh, very funny joke about Swedish people that most of them, they should be blonde hair and yeah. <laughs> and blue eyes when it's actually not the case at all so i mean it's i guess it's the same with uh french people when you meet uh international persons and they are like yeah i thought all french people were i don't know uh not very proud of themselves or talk a lot and so on and so forth yeah. So and then you realize it's uh, completely wrong, and it's the same with Swedish people. You have very uh, like I some ideas on how people would be, but except of this very uh, funny joke about oh all blondes uh, Swedes are blondes or something like that. I didn't have any uh, feelings about that or like oh wait is it it's completely the opposite of what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's nice to hear, though. And as you said, <laughs> not all Swedes are blonde. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think uh, not even. I I have no idea, but I know more non-blonde Swedes than I know <laughs> blonde Swedes. So uh, it's it's quite. But it's. I think a lot of time you see things in movies and the way things are portrayed in media. Exactly. You get a certain. You think, like, oh, French people always have red lipstick. Or yeah. They, just, they or smoke. Like... Or they just kiss on the cheek, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly. Obviously, it's not like that. Yeah, no, I had some Swedish people, they uh, called me, like, baguette because they portrayed French people exactly like you said. Yeah. Girls with red <laughs> lipstick or striped T-shirts and a beret on the head and so on. <laughs> and I think we were talking one day about this... Um, funny uh things about yeah how would you picture swedish people french people and so on and this is how we ended up of uh talking about that related to french people so that's fine yeah. and the best way to get away from that is obviously to get to know people and and make up your own mind about how people are exactly No, you came here as a student and I'm sure 
Was there any difference between being a student in France and, and being an Erasmus student in Sweden? And now that you're working in Sweden, do you feel that there are any differences from what you are have been used to from back home? Um, I was quite pleased as a student to come here. Uh, if I uh, remove all of this opportunity factor, but I really found uh, differences on how like the relationship between student and teachers, for example, yeah. um, I found I found this relationship a bit more casual, if I would uh, yeah. I would say like that. Yeah, that it's very easy to go to talk to a teacher or contact them via phone, emails, and so on to actually have a discussion about. Yeah, I didn't understand this. Could you explain it to me? Or even during the lab. Uh, yeah, the labs were actually very nice, for example, and I was like very impressed with the equipments that uh, they had here and also how they were trusting students, so to say, with those equipments and literally learning, uh, teaching them how to be very effective in the lab and be independent and really think by themselves, which... I was a bit lacking in my university, I would say. And uh, so that's why I really liked uh, being here as a student, even for the uh, pedagogical aspect. Uh, yeah. yeah. And do you and, think that has helped you now that you are working at the university as like a PhD student is like both, both working and studying at the same time, mm -hmm. but did that experience help you uh, now that you are, have more of a working role at the university? Yeah, I guess it helped me in a way that I knew what to expect and also how to behave as a teacher because I have also some very small teaching duty, but still. So yeah. it kind of helped me, okay, now that I have seen uh, university and Sweden as both an employee and a student, I know, okay, that I can't have the same... Uh, I have to adapt and have the same behavior as other teacher and keep something like very, be very accessible for students if they need to and so on. Uh, so I guess having these um, two roles or had the opportunity to be both a, a student and a teacher or teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You know what um, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So it helped a lot, I guess. Another question I have for you, uh, we're I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up in a minute. But what are your like future plans? Do you want to stay in Sweden? Um, what are your plans for the future? Uh, for now, I'm kind of want to head back to industry. Mm -hmm. So I had a very great opportunity uh, during my master's degree to perform an internship in industry, and I really liked it there. So. So far, I the only thing I know is that I will try my best to head back to industry and not necessarily end up in academia. Uh, but you never know. I mean, my mind is not completely wrapped up yet. Uh, if it will be either here or back in France, I don't know. Okay. We will You're see. You're open to both possibilities. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm working a lot as uh, if you have a good opportunity type of uh, mindset. Yeah. Many years ago, I would have said, okay, I'm not sure I will do a PhD student, a PhD, sorry. 
And then I ended up, uh, maybe, and then I got the opportunity. I'm like, okay, let's go. I, this is a one-time opportunity. I have to uh, take it. And I'm yeah, very really thrilled with that. Mindset. So so we'll see. We will know we will, uh, in a <laughs> yeah. couple of years, I guess. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, one last question before we end this talk. Um, if a new international member of staff is joining, either as a PhD or uh, any other type of position, do you have... What advice can you give them? Um, to really search for information related to uh, paperwork, administration, and so on. Um, because that's something that might lack if you don't know anything about Sweden. And also to not block if they're encountering something uh, hard time or something difficult, because, I mean, it will ended up a great experience i would say because the country is nice and the people here are nice so mm. just to be open to the experience exactly yeah exactly and exactly that's a really nice way i think to end this talk so thank you marian for talking to me today yeah, thanks for having me you have listened to work at liu with me priya and this episode's guest marian pichon Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes.